Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You want to know how I know it's almost time for WWE's brand split? Because all of a sudden it doesn't matter. And random wrestlers are just going to turn up on both shows. But I'll level with you. I don't care. Right now it feels like professional wrestling is riding a wave of momentum. And whatever we have to do can continue to surf that wave. This is exactly what we should do. And we shall continue that one right now because we do have Smackdown to talk about. But was it any good or did it suck balls? I don't know why I said that. I'm really sorry. But how about it? Simon Miller, welcome to Ups and Downs. This is what you need to pay attention to. It's the finger of power and it's going to give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down from the latest episode of WWE's Friday Night Show. Don't know why I became a robot there, a bit like Karrion Cross. Let's go. So yes, as already said, I am happy that WWE is going big guns at the moment because big guns make me very pleased deep down in my tum-tum. However, when I did find out that Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar is going to be happening at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, well, my shoulders went down a little bit and I felt sad because I was like, man, this is not what I want. Because one, there was no need to announce this before we'd even done Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns, which is going down in Extreme Rules, and also two Saudi Arabia shows. Well, you know the deal, and I get it, they make even more money than WrestleMania, but I don't have to care about that. I'm just some stupid nerd fan. No one's coming around my house with a big sack of money, even though people think that is true. Oh, you're so biased. Point is, I'm giving it a down. With that said, everything else at the start of SmackDown, I thought was really awesome, because yes, we are getting to the brand split, so you're just like, oh man, I don't know who's going to turn up. Although, of course, it did kick off with Roman Reigns and his tribe. Reigns got super mad early on because nobody would acknowledge him, so he passed the microphone to Paul Heyman and said, tell them how to react to me. And honestly, Paul Heyman may as well have read a love letter to our tribal chief. I'm surprised there wasn't like spingly spangly piano in the background, like, I love you, you are so bad, I love Because he couldn't have been nicer if he tried. My joy meter then went through the roof, though, because it wasn't Finn Balor who interrupted the head of the table, and it wasn't Brock Lesnar, it was our brand new WWE champion, Big E. And of course this makes sense because technically he's still on SmackDown but I didn't expect it and I started to do backflips. As it turned out I have no idea why he did come out here because all he did was run around but I don't care. The fans were going crazy for him. They were chanting you deserve it and he absolutely does. I am so into a good guy champion that you can really get behind and root for and that is exactly what 
big ears. It's also important for him to get right in Roman Reigns' face, which he did do, because now he can be like, see, I'm not scared of you. And then Finn Balor also just walked out. He didn't say anything. And then by magic, kapow, we were just having Finn Balor and Big E taking on the Usos. And how the hell did that happen? It was me, it was me, the wizard in the sky, the secret magical entity behind all very strange decisions in WWE. Now I know I've been away for a while, but as you can see by the way I'm holding my microphone, I have been watching a lot of TikTok videos. And given that WWE right now is like the biggest sports product on TikTok, I thought I would return, make a random tag team match, and let you all know I am very relevant and very up to date. Don't call me an old out of touch man. I should say wizard. Nice to see you, wizard in the sky. I love Biggie. Right, okay, this does bring us to the match, and we do have to talk about it in two very specific ways. Because one, come on, man, it was Biggie versus normal Finn Balor taking on the Usos, and they had a really fun and tremendous match that took you up and took you down and took you left and took you right. And by the end of it, you were like, man, I just love professional wrestling. So in that sense, it is getting it up. But on the other, of course Big E and Finn Balor won here because there's no way they could have lost. But this just meant we took our tag team titles and went, <laughs> you think there's any worth in these? Of course they're not. They may as well just be props. I don't know why I'd kiss it. It is true though, because you just know that Balor and Big E aren't going to go for the tag team titles now because that wouldn't make any sense, even though it should make all the sense in the world because again, they just beat the champions. I don't know why WWE does this stuff when there's no need. That's why I'm giving it down. However, I don't want to be too much of a negative Nancy because the only way I think I could have actually disliked this properly is if Big E had looked into the camera and gone, Simon Miller, flub you to hell and back. But even then I'd be like, oh my gosh, Big E said my name. Jimmy and Jay kept helping each other from the outside as well because they are a couple of dicks. And basically what happened here is that Big E got beaten up. He recharged his HP levels. Eventually his hand got really warm. He made the hot tag. Everybody just ran wild. And in quite a nice finish, not only did we see the Coupe de Gras, but we saw the big ending simultaneously, and then Big E got the pin. So once again, it is just nice having a champion that you do want to see succeed, and then we cut to the back at Roman Reigns, who was kind of watching TV from a very funny angle. Well, he was really pissed off. Because not only was he pissed off about what he had just seen, but he also wanted to know from Paul Heyman about Brock Lesnar and whether he was going to be at Extreme Rules. And instantly Paul went, no, of course there's not going to be at Extreme Rules. And because Roman Reigns is a gaslighting son of a hib, he was all like, well, how would you know that if you're not talking to him? So if you ever meet Roman Reigns, you got to make sure you take care of yourself. It ended with Paul Heyman saying, look, I don't know for sure. So Roman Reigns said, well, that's why I pay you. Go and get me some evidence. And honestly, everything with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman right now is exactly what WWE should be doing. And that's why I'm giving it up. Rick Boogs then won another match in under two minutes. And look, we are going to have to extend these at some point. But this is like the fourth one in a row. And he does feel like he's getting a push. Up. This week it was against Robert Roode and who the hell knows why, but all you really need to do is go and listen to the entrance for Shinsuke Nakamura and Boogs. The crowd goes absolutely nuts for them. So mission success. Given the time too, there isn't really that much to say. I mean, they beat each other up for a little while and then Boogs hit his big slam, which I actually think we're calling the Boogs Cruise. So that's a massive round of applause because what a dumb but brilliant name that is. And he pinned him? This guy really should be the Intercontinental Champion. 
although his best friend holds the belt. Oh man, no, don't do that. And I will say that the follow-up story was a bit weird because then General Aziz and Apollo Crews cast magic to just appear from nowhere and they beat both these guys up. And I was like, wait a minute, even if Apollo Crews does want a shot at the Intercontinental Championship, I'm pretty sure he's now faced Shinsuke Nakamura seven times and he's won zero. But I do like seeing Apollo on my television. I just hope we give him a little bit of a better angle, I suppose. But all of this was quite entertaining and it didn't upset me at all. It was then meant to be Happy Corbin versus Kevin Owens. It wasn't. We even had a big promo from Kevin Owens beforehand saying, man, I hate Baron Corbin. He's an absolute asshole. I can't believe I even wanted to have some kind of discussion with him at some point. So now I'm going to go to the ring and I'm absolutely going to beat him in between his ears. And this was his plan. But when he was making his entrance, Happy Corman struck first. And I mean, he threw him into the LED boards. He slammed him onto the apron, which I did some research. And my word, that is the hardest part of the ring. And I can only presume that WWE has done this because Extreme Rules is around the corner. They need some kind of stipulation matches and I suppose this one can be a fool's count anywhere. It was fine though, maybe not as juicy as it could have been but what the hell does that even mean? Just a wonderful segment with Big E and Paul Heyman followed this because they address things that we the fans are thinking. Sometimes WWE doesn't do this, but now you can go, oh man, I get it, and get even more excited. But Caleb Braxton was interviewing Paul Heyman and just winding him up when Big E did arrive, and Heyman was like, oh, well, look who it is, the brand new WWE champion. But I understand you do have a brain in there because you made the right choice about going to Raw to beat Bobby Lashley because you were never going to be able to take down oh, our tribal chief. And do you know what Big E did to respond to that? He just went, oh yeah? Well, if I'm no WWE, we're going to have a match of Survivor Series and then we'll know for sure. So between this and the opening segment, Big E is not intimidated by Roman Reigns at all. And that just makes me like him even more. It did turn out that this was a trick because then the Usos jumped Big E and kicked the absolute shib out of him. That's when Roman Reigns came in like, I did it again. But we are building to something big here. And I'm ready. Seth Rollins was out next. The dude is unhinged. For starters, he was dressed like a water droplet and even addressed the Big E situation because he'd been watching it from the ring and was all like, well, maybe Big E should get some friends. I was like, all right, Seth, would you drop it? And besides, he wanted to talk about it. The fans started to chant, you look stupid, which was a very apt thing to shout at the man when he told us that during his match with the Rated R Superstar last week and when he curb stomped in, he had heard some kind of crunch and some kind of pop in Edge's neck. So as far as he's concerned, he redid or broke again Edge's injury. Honestly, he delivered this so well, I was like, did he? Now I realized what I was saying. But it is dark, dark stuff, and Rollins even said that it was our fault because we kept cheering Edge on to come back to the ring. And I was like, man, he is telling the truth and promised that when Adam Copeland does come back, he's gonna finish him off for good. So like I say, Seth Rollins, he's just all kinds of crazy. He even talked about NXT and how Beth Phoenix was worried about her husband on commentary and actually said that he was gonna finish him. I was like, oh good, it's gonna be Mortal Kombat. This was really well done though. I'm kind of intrigued to see what Seth Rollins does after this because Edge is going to be away for a while. But I think Seth Rollins' character recently has really come into its own. He's kind of part cult guy, part Looney Tune. I like it. It's also followed by super laughter, courtesy of me, because right after this, we cut to Becky Lynch, who was about to do an interview dressed like a bee. And when you remember that Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins are married in real life, and that they must be having just a hoot go, <laughs> what should we wear this week? 
Well, I am secretly enjoying it a lot. She mentioned that tonight is Bianca Belair's homecoming and that she's never been to a homecoming before. So maybe she's gonna gatecrash the party. And of course she did. It's wrestling when you say something around about 45 minutes before you do it, it always happens. Tony Storm was then wrestling on SmackDown. And I had to check my pulse to realize I wasn't dead. We haven't seen her in the ring since July, which is just absolutely flipping ridiculous. I mean, what the hell has he been doing within the storyline? Especially because here we had the random tag team match of Tony Storm teaming with Liv Morgan to take on Zelina Vega and Carmella. And it puts me in a very difficult position because on the one hand, here it is, I was so happy to see them back on my TV, but on the other, what a stupid, stupid finish. Because after Liv Morgan had grabbed Carmella and slammed her into the turnbuckle, Carmella went to the outside and was like, oh, my nose, my nose is broken. What am I going to do about my nose? And Zelina Vega was like, oh, no, your nose. What are we going to do about your nose? So they just ignored the rules and they allowed themselves to be counted out. I mean, it did set up a match for the pay-per-view because after Liv Morgan was all like, <laughs> I broke your nose, so we should have a match at Extreme Rules. And I suppose it's going to be a nose match. I don't know. It is WWE. But yeah, I don't know what to do. Because I want to support them. But as already mentioned, it's just a little bit weak. So I'm going to be that guy. And I'm basically going to sit on the fence. And I'm going to give it an up. Because again, I do want to get behind them. But I'm also going to give it a down. Because come on, man. We could do a lot better than this. The Street Profits then let us know that they are going to win the Tag Team Championships. And I was like, good for you guys. I send you all the luck in the world. Although really Big E and Finn Balor should be in that spot. And then Carmella let us know that one, her nose is actually fine. And that two, she accepts the challenge for Extreme Rules. But first, Liv Morgan has to go through Zelina Vega. And I was like, wait, why the hell does she have those kind of powers? And I can only presume that Carmella actually thinks that Zelina Vega has been in the Street Fighter tournament and she needs a two-nut match. Just the weirdest ship with Finn Balor next. Now, I understand that he's not a real demon, and I understand that if he's going to come across as said demon, you've got to have a little bit of Hellspawn language, but this really did feel like somebody had given him a script, and a bunch of people had sat down and gone, oh my gosh, what would you say if you were actually in hell? <laughs> we'll come up with this. It just didn't really make any sense. But Finn let us know that he's not from a famous family, and he's had to claw his way to the dock to get every single thing that he has been able to obtain, and that he doesn't control the demon, the demon controls him. So it's a little bit like when you get super duper mad and all of a sudden there's the rest missed or when you get out of bed on the wrong side. From nowhere, Balor's face transformed into the demon. So you were like, oh, I guess this is the demon taking control. And look, I do like all of this. It is fun, but I just think that Finn Balor would understand this side of him a bit more. So just allow him to say whatever the hell that he wants to say. I also have no idea what's going to happen in this Extreme Rules match either, because Finn Balor definitely shouldn't lose. He's probably going to lose. But they've got an awesome announcement that on Raw we're going to get the Bloodline versus the New Day. And while sure WWE could have done a lot to build that up, I want to continue to ride this wave of momentum so it's okay. And then it was time to catch up with Naomi. Now I will stand by the fact that I think it would have made a lot more sense for Naomi to have debuted on SmackDown and just started kicking people's ass. But it actually feels like we're doing a long-term storyline. I'm a big fan of long-term storylines. I like planting the seeds. So I am going to err on the side of caution here. And of course be disappointed in around about two weeks. Because Naomi found Sonya and demanded the matches she's been promised for the last few weeks. But Deville was like, oh no, I can't give you it. We've run out of time. So Naomi just fired back with these words of power to tell her that she better stop doing this. And that she's achieved more in her career than Sonya Deville could ever dream of. It also saw her get fined for her actions. So I guess she was running down management. So all we have to do now is build to a match, a Smackdown or a paper, whatever the hell you want to do. Let Naomi win. This will also be cool because it will be Sonya Deville's in-ring return. So there's a lot here, and we can keep it nice and simple. So I'm going to give it an up, 
But look how terrified I am of this. Because like I say, you know that sometimes WWE just slaps you around the face. It was then Dominic Mysterio versus Sami Zayn. And I just started laughing. I thought, where did Groundhog Day come back from? Why are we doing this again? You cannot justify it. That's why that's getting it down. As ever though, of course it was good because Sami Zayn is one of the best guys on the roster and Dominic Mysterio just gets better every single week. And I suppose there was some kind of justification here because Rey Mysterio was on commentary and he's just desperate for his son to win. But ultimately, he's going to be the undoing. But Zayn attacked Ray at one point, which did throw Dominic off. He said, oh no, daddy, what's going to happen? And you really have to understand how WWE is trying to play this. Because Michael Cole said to Ray Mysterio, uh, hey Ray, I've been doing some research and apparently you're a little bit like a little league dad. The insinuation is that he's too hard on Dominic. But I've seen Ray Mysterio and Doc Mysterio and he's not been that hard at all. This did all tie in though, because Dom lost due to his inexperience. He was gonna go for the frog splash, he took too long. Sami Zayn got his knees up, hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up, and he got the victory, and poor Ray on commentary was basically melting down. So it's coming, yes, it's coming. We are gonna have father versus son, and maybe WWE can pull it off, but seriously, when it comes to Sami Zayn versus Dominic Mysterio, let us never do it again. Right, okay, who had Kane will appear on SmackDown on their 2021 bingo cards? If you had picked September, Hey, you just won. Although I say Kane, but it was the Big Red Machine, and it was Corporate Kane, and it was Glenn Jacobs, the mayor of Knox County. He had his full suit on, but he still did his pyro. Imagine you were just like a massive supporter of Glenn Jacobs, because he is the mayor of your county. So, oh, I'll watch you on this TV show, and then fire is coming up from the post. You'd be like, maybe next time we should vote for him. This was, of course, to celebrate the fact that we were in Bianca Belair's hometown, and that, yes, Glenn Jacobs is the mayor of it. And this was just lovely, jubbly stuff. The crowd loved Bianca. She was so pleased to be there. Her parents were in the crowd. I was watching this just like, man, wrestling is such a good time. And of course, WWE had to slap me again, but whatever. The best bit is when Kane gave the key to the city to Bianca Belair. And honestly, I swear, swore off a Kinder Hearts about to turn up and go, uh, excuse me, you took my weapon away. This thing was absolutely massive. And at that point, out came Becky. She poo-pooed this whole key thing because, of course, she's got the championship belt and what's better than that? Although she is super pleased that Bianca is getting such a nice reception in her hometown, so she offered to shake her hand. Now, this is where it kind of fell apart because it was actually Belair who wouldn't let go because she decided she was going to hit the man with the KOD. But instead, Becky Lynch just beat her up, hit the manhandle slam, and left her lying. And look, it kind of did work because Lynch got the absolute boo shipped out with her, and that is one of our aims at the moment. But it did make Bianca Belair look like a right goof in her hometown because she tried to beat somebody up and failed. Lynch soon left the ring and celebrated to end SmackDown. And honestly, at one point in time, it would be nice if WWE went to somebody's place of birth and allowed them to be the person going, oh my gosh, look how great I am. I can't lie, I did enjoy this. I don't know why. I actually quite like Becky Lynch in this role, even though I still think it's really dumb. No, I'm giving it up. Which brought us to the end of SmackDown. I did see a few people out there going, man, this was a rubbish show. And there were certainly problems with it. But I still think SmackDown is a very, very decent wrestling television show from week to week. And I look forward to it. And I'm looking forward to whatever's going to come in seven days. So it's getting it up. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.